0: What's up, Achievers? It's me, your host and friend, Billy Power. Welcome to another installment of the Urban Achiever Show. My guest this week is Jason Vena from the band Acceptance, whose last and only full-length album, Phantoms, was released back in 2005, and then they broke up. But 10 years later, at the beginning of this year, the band reunited and played at Skate and Surf Fest in New Jersey, as well as other sold out shows on both coasts, including their hometown of Seattle. It's been startling, even to the band, to say the least. But that's not all to this story, so let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce to you, Mr. Jason Vena.
1: are really excited about this why and they're excited about anything that has to do with acceptance
0: really oh yeah yeah your dad wanted to order the vinyl and it was already sold out that's what i heard
1: yeah that's a big deal man <laughs>
0: they what have they what have they uh, been excited about all this time since since uh, you haven't been doing anything
1: uh not much I mean, they're probably they're ex- they're excited just
0: to uh if I'm around. <laughs> I don't mean not doing anything in your life. I mean, not doing anything with the band. That's what I meant.
1: Well, my life is pretty boring outside. I mean, it's a normal life. So they're probably, yeah, I think that they're, they're like, I'm interesting again for them. So that's nice. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that just can't be, that can't <sighs> be true. It's not true at all. My dad was, you know, my dad was a musician. And then, uh, back in the seventies and, uh, he was at a band and they, they signed there. They had a little seven inch and it signed to Warner brothers and, and they got, you know, they got buried. They got buried worse than Acceptance got buried. How <laughs> about that? Uh, oh, wow. Did <laughs> uh, yeah, it? Yeah, get controversy right that. the bat.
0: What was the name of your dad's group? Fragile Lime. Fragile Lime. Yeah, that's intense. They
1: play They they played the roller rinks and they could sell them out. You know, <laughs> roller rinks. That's what it was about back then, man.
0: <laughs> was this like in the '60s or the '70s or what? Early '70s. Nice actually the the track that was their their you know their their big track it's pretty good yeah yeah nice so i'm kind of distracted to even do this interview today because i saw some alarming news today uh about how where you live is just going to get wiped out by a giant tsunami are you seeing this yeah. uh...
1: no you gotta remember it we, it won't because we'll the earthquake will have already taken the entire city out into the ocean anyway so right we got right now we're in we have it's earthquake and tsunami watch
0: yeah. Yeah. Are you legitimately nervous about
1: that? I live on a hill, so that's <laughs> nice. You're thinking you're going to make it? Yeah, <laughs> you're high. You're high enough up. I just pointed up at that bluff. Yeah. Honey, we got to go up there. So now we're there.
0: You just have like an inflatable raft in your yard like in the backyard just ready to go. Yeah. Just hop yeah. in the raft and ride it out. I feel like, listen, man. <laughs> if if uh, what's
1: it the guy uh if Russell Crowe can do it. Right. I can
0: do it. Jason's going to be a modern day Noah, I'm just going to ride it out with his family there in his raft. That's it. I don't know. It was on. It was on my Facebook feed. I don't watch the news. I can't watch the news anymore because it's just it's too distressing. But I, I it was like it really... on somebody on my feed had like a Fox News thing. So I just immediately figured, oh, this must be a hoax or something. That's what I thought.
1: Well, if it's on Fox News, it's it's probably it's probably true. It's but pr- pretty um, legit. <laughs> it's pretty legit. But I tell you what, man, I, the news thing is, I would have to agree with you because. It just yeah, there's nothing good. It's never
0: good. No, it really isn't. They need more feel-good stories on there, like rescued dogs, or like,
1: or you know what? I actually you know. What? I, I just realized this because maybe it's maybe they're there, and, and we just even though I think I want to see them, I really don't want to see them because I guess every once in a while they have like a you know a story about somebody you know maybe it's like um, you know like kind of like those shows where they do the you know the makeovers and stuff like that. Right. That kind of stuff happens, you know, and I don't pay attention to it at all. So maybe it's me. (laughs) (laughs) You're the problem. I need to start watching, you know, uh, some of those home makeover shows
0: and then maybe, yeah, maybe we'll change. Nice. Um, I'd like to know, uh, since when I encountered you, I think you were probably like in your early teens, maybe something like that.
1: Yeah. When you and I, when you and I first met or I had seen, have seen you the first time I've ever seen you, maybe. (laughs) From a farmer. Um, I think we played. We probably, probably, because uh, we played Cornerstone once along before we were really playing, if you'll call them club shows. Um, and I, so I bet you, nineteens probably uh, maybe eighteen. It's pretty. I was, I
0: was probably eighteen or nineteen. Like when you guys were playing like a club impact with like all wound up, you're like eighteen, nineteen then. Yeah, I was probably about eighteen, nineteen. All right.
1: Yeah, when I first started playing music at all in a band called Day Zero by the way Day Zero I was 15 so and we played uh, our biggest gig ever was with uh
0: Fireball Brady
1: Oh yeah I remember that band Oh yeah <laughs> and so I'd say acceptance came around somewhere 4 or 5 years later yeah
0: Right What a, uh like what's your earliest kind of musical memory when you were a kid growing up Yeah I got a there's a couple
1: of things that stand out one would be I used to sing a lot with my dad mm-hmm. and I've got a picture of me with a guitar in my hand Wearing my Mickey Mouse shirt, which was kind of my favorite shirt at the time when I was about five or maybe a little bit less, younger. Mm-hmm. There's this other picture where it's my dad's guitar case and my little Mickey Mouse guitar, or my little guitar inside his case. Like you know, I put it in there like it was like, <laughs> like, I'm gonna, I'm ready to go. Yeah, this is my case now. Yeah, so that was pretty. That was a a, a good memory. And then um, it's funny when music really clicked for me. Like I wanted to play music. Like it was something I really wanted to do. Cause I used to listen to a lot of older, a lot of stuff my dad, a lot of Motown and a lot of Beatles and, and um, stuff like that. And when it got, the first time I got into kind of music that was relevant at the time was, um, was Alice in Chains, actually. Nice. <laughs> and my, bro- I, I, my brother gave it to me and I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And I got into a lot of the Seattle music, but I quickly evolved and I picked up, um, I started doing, having guitar lessons and I really hated it. Because I just couldn't get my hands to do it, the chords.
0: Like at a local music shop or something, or what? Yeah, I had
1: a guy um, like it was called Canelli Keys or something.
0: Hey, I know that place.
1: And, yeah, and I just quit after like two weeks or something. I'm like, this is so dumb. My my fingers just can't do it, right? And so yeah. I don't know. Maybe it, I can't recall how far after that I picked up. Um, I started listening to Green Day, and I picked up a Green Day tab book because the because Green Day that music sounded way different to me I mean obviously listen to Alice in Chains or something like that mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you listen to Green Day and it's like you you know power chords you, that's what you hear the whole song you did, I never I wasn't mm-hmm. used to hearing that kind of stuff and so I picked up the the tablature book and I learned a power chord and I was like wait a second so I can put my hand in one position on the guitar and just go up and down and I can actually play a song all right, I'm into that. You know, I got it. So I was like, cause like all green day song was just like, Oh, okay. If I just go like this, I go, bah, bah, you
0: know, just move back and forth. Yeah.
1: And there's a song. And once you could hear a song, once you felt like you could make something that was like, people could understand what was happening with your guitar. Right. That really got me excited. So, so I, I kind of just, um, kind of went from there and, and from green day, then MXPX was like probably it at that point. MXPX probably is what took me into the, the next level where I want to be, I thought, I mean, I could start a band, be in a band, go watch that band. I mean, it was just, a, they were very influential at that point.
0: Yeah. Were you going to see them around Seattle at shows and stuff? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, I remember our, after a while, once, once this is all kind of happened at the same time, but, you know, when, when I started playing music, one of my best friends, and actually um, Christian, who's our guitar player, so he went to high school with this guy that, I Started playing music with before I was even in acceptance, so I knew Christian along for a long time before acceptance, like probably uh, you know, five, six, seven years before I was in he was in acceptance. And huh. I remember him and this guy, and we were hanging out, and they're like, Dude, we just went to a concert in a basement, <laughs> and it was like nine. remember Nine Iron Spitfire, yeah, or Nine Iron, sure. yeah, so it was
0: hardcore band, yeah,
1: so it was, yeah, it was them. 90 I, I think it was 90 pound wuss as well and mxpx in some guy's basement and they're like you got you dude the guy's hair was like this
2: and it was crazy <laughs> and it
1: was like the description was like they just experienced something that can't be you you can't you can't even explain it you can't top it
0: aliens landed
1: it was awesome <laughs> but they're like they, but they're were, their were aliens you know what i mean it's yeah. like we were part, we were first scared but then we were accepted into their group and it was i don't know it was fantastic and so then I started... Yeah, we started going and watching them. And that was kind of the... There was a culture that was happening at that time that was, you know, them and MX, uh, MXPX and 90 Pound Wuss and, you know, and, and some of your bands were in that group, if you will. Mm. Um, although I never had the, the honor of seeing any of them. <laughs> um,
0: was Blenderhead done by then?
1: Just it, it, the very tail end yeah. is when I kind of really started getting into kind of that scene. And that scene, was, and, and it, it was... It was awesome. I mean, it was, that's what kind of really started it for us.
0: Was Kalen like a kid you went to school with or where'd you, where'd you know him from? So uh, Kalen was,
1: he was dating my girlfriend who ended up being my wife, her best friend at the time. And so that's how he, that's how I met him. And, and at the, at first it was one of those things where I had a band and he had a band, he had a band called, uh, he was in, he was, I. I think he was in All Wound Up. Yeah. At first he was. He was. The, I mean, you. You know All Wound Up because. Yeah. 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 From the day. Yep. He was in the band with Troy and stuff and. That sounds right. And it was like that was like kind of like when they would talk about. They'd be talking about this band. And I'm like, and they're like, yeah, my friend is in a band called All Wound Up, and they're, you know, they're a punk rock band, and, and we'd be like, oh, okay, that's cool. So they're in a band, whatever, you know. I'm like we, it was like this thing like where we thought it'd be funny. So we we're like, they're rivals, but we never even met them before, of course. Um, right. I think I'd seen All Wound Up play and stuff like that at like somebody's backyard, and I met Kalen, mm-hmm. and then we went to Warp Tour, him and I and our girlfriends, and we're like, um, hey, we should start playing together. Yeah, and we got together, started practicing, and we we both ended up. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And
0: which uh, which warp tour was that? Was that in the parking lot at the stadium when they were still doing it? There, it was, that
1: was at the that was at the Kingdom Stadium, and the yep. uh, headliner one of the headliners was N- N- uh, Eminem. <laughs> so that was that was the darker years. Um, <laughs> it was cool. It was we we hit it off, and, and you know, and then now we've we've kind of been like a really interesting you know duo because. We're opposite, We're we're very opposite. Yeah. I mean, we probably have similar sense of humors, but when it comes to like, you know, musical and... I mean, we came from the same... It's, it's not like we walked into a room and he's like, I'm like, I like the Beatles. He's like, I like the Stones. We're like, okay, let's fist fight to figure out what's going to happen. You know, <laughs> it, it wasn't like that. It was like, we all listen to the same music, but just it within the music, the things that he would gravitate towards, maybe the things I would gravitate towards would be different, but it was still within... We'd still both be like... Dude, you know Jimmy World is the greatest band of all time. You know, what I mean, <laughs> we, we, we didn't have any. Right. There was no debate there, but um, he might like you know he'd like a song on the record that was sung like if you listen to Jimmy Eat World and you listen to like Static Prevails, a lot of that stuff it was like split between the two guys and Jim there who ended up being like their main singer didn't sing everything. So anytime it wasn't Jim Atkins singing. I'd be like, that song sucks. And Kayla's like, no, that's the best song on the record. I mean, <laughs> you, I like,
0: you would say that dude. I'm su- I'm suddenly picturing you guys playing that game. Uh, who would win in a fight? <laughs> yeah. I'm a- you ever played that game? Like who would win in a fight? Uh, yeah. you know, Martha yeah. Stewart or, you know, whatever Tina Turner <laughs> yeah. or something.
1: I don't know. Martha Stewart. Um, you gotta give her credit. This lady's she's kind of badass. She's been through it. She's pretty tough. <laughs> she really has. And she comes back and everybody's like, yeah, can we get some more Martha Stewart cookware, please? Yeah. I mean, it's like, wow.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't know. Um, you know, I'm thinking about when Kalen was working for me a mail order there with Derek. And uh, I reached out to Derek, your old buddy, Derek. And he wanted yeah. to know, he had a question for you.
1: <laughs> oh, Derek did?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he wanted to know if you will ever record the song February 14th. Uh, by special request from your old buddy, Derek.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> the funny thing about that is... is, is. I can't, I know that song and I, some, it's some cheesy song that we wrote. Well, he
0: loves it. He doesn't think it's cheesy at all. He's, he's still waiting. Yeah. He thought, now that you guys are back together, this is like his big shot. It's, this is the time. Finally going to happen. He's
1: just trying to hold on. He's just hoping he can piggyback that and be like, those were during the time when uh, they wrote some other stuff. Let me show you real quick here. Have you ever heard of, <laughs> you know, we, as you know, and as you, um, so kindly pointed out, we wrote some really bad stuff at at uh, at the beginning of our.
0: Yeah, there was no way we weren't going to talk about that. We should just talk about that briefly about the time that you. Yeah. That you stood in my office. <laughs> if you're
1: listening to this podcast and you're a fan of acceptance, which uh, most most people are these days, um, <laughs> you, let me just <laughs> <laughs> let me just tell you about my first interaction. You almost
0: said that with a straight face.
1: I know. I tried my best. Um, actually, just so you guys all know, Bill Power. In for an let's we've established that I was 19, so we'll just use that as a 19 a 19 year old musician in the Seattle area that grew up listening to bands like MXPX and some of these other bands that we've just been talking about. Bill Power was probably the number one or number two persons that you would want to ever <laughs> get your it's, music in front of.
0: Okay, this is very awkward. So. <laughs> Only thing worse than this would be me talking about myself in third person. Yeah, (laughs) Bill Power doesn't do that. (laughs) We admit (laughs) the Bill Power. And by the way, it
1: wasn't Billy at that time. It was Bill. No, that's true. There was a very real aura that that was around Bill, and he. Oh boy. He felt it. I'm trust me. If you saw him in his element, you could tell that he knew he was he was kind of a big deal at that time. So. Oh no that sounds terrible <laughs> we were fortunate enough to record some songs in our basement uh thanks to my dad who helped us record them by the way yeah and we thought you know what this is really good stuff so
0: no pro tools or nothing just doing it raw this is
1: we well i mean it wasn't real tape it was adat so i guess we were we were still cheating a little bit but
0: no auto or, or no there no auto correct pitch correction Mm-hmm. Auto corrects for typing. <laughs> there was
1: no quantizing. It's very technical. Yeah. Hey, Dad, could you just take all that stuff that was off and just quantize it for us, please? So it sounds good. <laughs> Thank you. And so I, had, I, I remember being in the tooth and nail offices. Yep, Magnolia. And yep, and I and I was a little bit of a smartass and also just very direct with everything. I remember giving you, you, know, you got either Kalen had given it to you or I gave you our demo, and I, I just knew. You, I think I just knew that you had it and had probably listened to it at this point. And so I'm sitting there and you're sitting in your chair and I'm like, hey, so what did you think? And I'm like, honestly, this the music's pretty decent, but i I just can't stand your voice, dude. I was <laughs> like, okay. It's just got this nasally thing happening and I and I do you know it didn't even it didn't even bum me out at the time. I was I was more just like, Okay, man, well, I guess I'll just have to get to a point where you think it's not doesn't suck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've lived with the I've lived with the grief of this moment for years, so I can still see it like it was yesterday. You know what? You know what? Cause I genuinely liked you. You're kind of, I mean, maybe I'm just, me- I'm trying to re rewrite write history here to make myself feel better, but I just remember not wanting to tell you that. And that being my thought. And then you kind of kept pressing me.
1: I, oh yeah. That, that's the thing. That's,
0: yeah. And then I was like I don't want to tell you that cuz I like you. I thought you were a nice kid and I, li- yeah. I actually liked your band. I liked everybody in your band. Yeah. You know, and and everything. And so I was like in this position where it's like I don't want to say that. Like I don't <laughs> want to tell you that that's the reason. <laughs> like shit. I was um, like and, the, and then it was like you kept pushing me and then you pushed me to the point where I just kind of blurted it out, I think. Like I just like I don't I hate the singing. I can't take it. <laughs> I'm like this guy thinks cuz he's the bass player from Blenderhead that he can tell me that.
1: Get out of here. <laughs> You're like it doesn't sound like Starflyer.
0: right? Right. That's what that's what it was. So anyway,
1: well, you know what's even funnier is that you know what's a, a funnier story that we have never talked about.
0: What's that? I'm ready.
1: The day that you and Brandon took us out to lunch, um, some I don't know where after we had made our our little what turned out to be black lines of battlefields. Yes. And we're sitting there and. I still at the time felt like you were you you had to be there because of your position. I didn't I didn't get the sense that this was like the most exciting thing for you in the world to be at this lunch. But you were like you know yeah. So Brandon did most of the talking at the time, and Brandon's like you know we want to sign you guys. And just so you know at the time up to that moment signing to to the nail would be like one of the top three things we're on our to-do list, right? Like, okay. <laughs> on your
0: bucket list. Yeah.
1: It was, it, it was more of like a, you know, okay, we got to get drums that are sound good. We got to get signed to Tooth & Nail. We got to go open for MXPX. Like, that's like our list, right? Right. And I remember we said to, to Brandon or to you guys, we're like, you know, well, we'd probably sign a deal if you could pay for a van, which it's probably gonna be like 15 grand. And <laughs> and, and, and and Brandon's like, Pfft, yeah that's a <laughs> kind of a lot I, you know I, we don't typically do that we could you know maybe we could probably give you guys like five grand or something like that but yeah and i'm telling you we walked away and we're like man they can't pay for a van we're just gonna have to figure it we're just gonna have to keep looking for a, a, a record <laughs>
0: <laughs> so here's what i want to know was Six this months later <laughs> was this before or after your dad sold brandon a porsche
1: oh this is before <laughs> okay. this is before that's even better because
0: that, that would have been that would have been funny if you thought well he can afford to buy a porsche but he can't buy us a van no, at the weird. time
1: at the time it was that simple it was like you know all we need is a van to go on tour yeah. and if tooth and nail gives us a van we'll probably sign a deal and you know of course it ended up being that um it worked out i mean it worked out in theory it worked out but um you know when we got together just like uh, last week to practice for the Seattle show, it's a funny thing we do every once in a while. We'll look at each other and be like, man, somebody will pretend to be Brandon and be like, yeah, I just can't get you that van. And we're like, oh, if you just would have gotten the van.
0: <laughs> think of how different things could have been if you just had that van.
1: Yeah, it would have been, well, who knows? Who knows what would have happened? I, I think it would have been probably a much better
0: deal for Brandon than it would have been for us.
1: It was, But either way, I'm happy.
0: Let me just say that, that honestly, uh I I clearly don't know shit because here it is a decade later, and you guys are like selling out shows at the at the you know in New york city yeah uh and and uh I passed on sago twenty four seven back in the day a little pre uh and berlin band, yeah, uh who I also uh didn't like the singing, and uh they went on to travel the world and and be very popular. Fair I went enough. to one of their farewell shows in New York and whatever, so all I've learned over time is that I should just if they, if
1: you thought no, say yes. <laughs> <laughs> My mind's telling
0: me no. <laughs> <laughs> just give this time. It just needs a little more time to cook. In yeah, the I oven. think
1: maybe that's and what then, it is. Yeah. You know, that's probably what it is because most of those, I mean, you got to remember is Tooth and Nail and you in general, you were accessible, right? Right. I mean, you can't send your demo into, even back then, if you sent your demo into Fat Records, you probably were scared you get a letter back from Fat Mike saying you're the worst band I've ever heard. Yeah. So you should, what you should do is go home and quit.
0: You guys probably don't even believe in dinosaurs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where do they talk about dinosaurs in the Bible, by the way? I mean, that's just the question that's always in my mind. It's like, where, where did the dinosaurs show up?
0: It's not in there.
1: Yeah, but they're real. I mean,
0: I, I've seen the bones. It's just because it's not in there, then it didn't happen. Everybody's like, don't worry about it.
1: Don't worry about it. I'm like, what do you mean? Don't worry about it. I need to understand this. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's still, it's, it was a funny thing. because That was all the only thing the band ever wanted to do. All those bands. I mean, there were some, and then there were some pretty, actually some really, some really good bands that ended up coming out, of, you know, come, signing the tooth and nail and putting out records and. But uh, acceptance wasn't one of them. <laughs> we just, and that show box, so, I mean, I couldn't even believe, I'll, I'll tell you what, when, just so you know, when we booked the show, first of all, the show in New York that we did, we...
0: Was that Gramercy? Yeah,
1: that yeah, it? In Gramercy. So we thought we said no to do that show, just so you know, our, it was interesting because we got an email from our manager that said, okay, so you're all booked for Gramercy. And I immediately called Kalen and said, Hey, did we, I thought we said we weren't going to do New York. Cause like, we were nervous. We're like, we, we have skate and surf. And then there, and I'm like two shows in a row. I haven't sung for a long time. I'm I, there's all these different things. Yeah. And New York, like, what if we go and it just sucks? Like I, we've never even done a headlining show in New York. So anyway, it happened. And then, and that show sold out in two weeks and we were like, we we're blown away. We were truly humbled by that. We 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 just had no idea that we had no thought and, and you know then when we the, the guy who promoted promoted the show is a cool guy. He used to do all our, all the concerts we used to do in in Long Island. He did. He was just the greatest promoter. Um he's like, "Yeah, you guys got to come back next year and do Irving Plaza for two nights." And we're like, "What are you talking about?" You got I mean, this is <laughs> And then the show box was just unreal because the same thing. I mean, Seattle's our hometown and everything, but we just never you know, we played El Corazon. Right. You you know, and that was about as big as it got for acceptance. Um, and that's, you know, 700, 700, maybe 800 cap. And so to do, you know, got a bigger venue... And, and it's also the place, you know, it's, I saw my, I mean, De- I saw Death Cab for Cutie there, which is probably my favorite concert I've ever seen.
0: Um, I saw Jimmy World with No Knife. There.
1: Oh, I probably, I probably saw that. Con- I was probably there because that, <laughs> I remember that
0: too. Cause I was like, <laughs> I saw Sunny Day Real Estate play there. No right? Knife.
1: I did not see Sunny Day. That would be awesome. I, so I was probably there for that concert. Yeah. You know, it's just, a, it's just, that was probably, even though there were bigger venues in Seattle growing up, it's like, it's either the Showbox or you're at the Paramount. You know, and yep. the more theater wasn't in our world, right? It was kind of like, mm. so playing the showbox was like, would have been a big deal. So we just keep, we kept pinching ourselves, thinking, are you kidding me? We're going to be playing at the showbox and there's going to be people there that want to see our band. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, in that thing you do where the guy's like, there's a guy in a really nice camper that wants to put our songs in the radio. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> they are like, really man. Nice camper. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely uh, if you're if you want to be in the room with this group of guys I can tell you that every single conversation is about I cannot believe that people still even care about this and how and not from the standpoint of it, but they should you know it's like from the standpoint of just how completely blown away we are by that and how thankful we are and it's a really humbling thing and and it's rewarding because I think we went through some really challenging experience we went through all the experiences that you you say that you're not going to go through yeah but you get all you know but it's easy because it's like a shiny object you know oh a major label it's like it's still even now even now, when we talk about you know making a record and putting a record out, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we signed to a major label again. I mean, it just wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it's like yeah. After everything, we're, we're we're sitting there having the conversations like, well, you know, I mean, if we want to, it's just yeah, really, it's really funny.
0: Let's talk about uh, since you said there were some tougher times. Let's let's talk about what happened with Garrett because I, I I even read like a, a newspaper article that was saying like you kicked him out, and I feel like we should just touch on that at least. I
1: think it's I think that's fine. Um, so we there an article that you would have read. There's there's really only two articles that have touched on anything that happened with the band during that period of time. One would have been there was an article that was put out about two years ago. Yep, uh, we had a we had a write up done that was actually a really nice Seattle Weekly, Seattle Weekly. I, we, and yeah. before that, we had a right Seattle Weekly did a, a write up on Acceptance, kind of talking about our vinyl that repress the repressing of, um, or the reissue or whatever you want to call it of phantoms, which I hadn't, I was really not even yeah, part of that, that, that deal. Right. Thing
0: that You guys didn't even know it was really happening and then it like, sold out by the time you knew it was happening. Yeah,
1: <laughs> So they, they sold them out in a couple hours. And, and so there was an article and it was like, we were, it was a great article in the fact that we really had never been when we were a band, you know, we weren't part of the Seattle. There's a obvious, there's a definite scene that is connected to even Seattle Weekly or the Stranger or any of those magazines. And you and I modest, were not part.
0: Modest Mouse, Death Cab yeah. for Cutie, None of Pretty us were Girls of Make Graves. Sure, uh, these under the snakes, whatever. the Blood Brothers,
1: all of it. So even Vendetta Red probably got in that pretty good in that deal.
0: Ill- Illuminati. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, now that we, I mean, Garrett's in the band, so we can I can kind of go through kind of that whole time frame. But um, so we did the article and then my understanding so they used a they used a picture that had garrett in it and garrett contacted the seattle weekly and said hey if you're going to write up about the band at least use a you know a picture that's relevant and i guess you know they were like well, what are you talking about i was like well i'm not in the band and what his conversation was, was with Seattle Weekly, I, I, you know, it's really for him. I hate quoting him because it's he's his own person, but we've had a lot, enough dialogue that I think I can at least paraphrase some things that he's said to us and to me mm-hmm. um, in confidence, if you will. And, you know, he ended up having a conversation with the editor who's no longer with Seattle Weekly. And kind of, uh, he, the way he puts it is, he, he, there was a lot of stuff that, that was misquoted, let's just say. Mm-hmm. What I would tell you is, um, I mean, it's, it's no secret that Garrett's a gay guy. I mean, yeah. he came out while he was in acceptance, and he so he went through that process when he was in the band. And he at one point wasn't in the band anymore, and so mm-hmm. that's a that's a real thing. All that's real. Um, I don't. I think if you're talking when we when that happened, you had a, five guys in a room on multiple different occasions talking about multiple things. And when we said in that article that it was a breakdown in communication. I mean, I stand by that's exactly how that, how it was. And I don't know, you know, I think even now, if you talk to Garrett about it, I think he, I I don't know, I think he probably, he still has a lot of other emotions because I, no matter what happened is he was struggling at the time of his life and he came out and we were his closest friends and it was something that we Discussed. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a topic, right? It wasn't so. So I think it becomes a topic
0: at that time because you guys were what, like very uh, religious and felt uncomfortable about it at the at the time, or what? I,
1: no, I think it was a topic at the time because one is it wasn't something that was on our radar, regardless about Garrett just in general. Right. Um, it was a topic at the time because we were. And, and and once again, with Garrett not being here, I feel you know, I, I feel like I owe it to him. To, yeah, I'm not
0: asking you this. I'm asking for your perspective on you know what happened and whatever. I'll tell you this.
1: What was really interesting was Garrett and I. Uh, we were in New York and we were we were in the hotel room together and we spent like we were we were talking for about three hours about life and, and a lot about that period of our lives. And I said, you know what's funny is you never we never had a, we had never even discussed this, but you know at the time we were going to uh, Garrett was we were going to move on. We were going to let Garrett go from the band at the time mm-hmm. and he was he, he, we were dealing with some connection issue, like this immaturity being reliable showing up to practice late which all stuff that ended up actually being you know all the things that we were having issues with that we hadn't even brought up to him yet that were coming at the same time that he ended up coming out were probably all things that were results of him struggling. I mean, really going through a period of his life where he's like dealing with things and probably didn't want people to know and was trying. And there was just a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And so in his mind, I think it's like regardless of anything, if if I wasn't going through that, I, I wouldn't. Have, I would have been more reliable. Or I would have been whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like from both sides, you look at and you go, well, that's not the end result of of why you ended up not being an acceptance. And from his perspective, it's like, well, even if it's these issues, mm-hmm. they're issues that were revolving around or or, or a result of me really struggling or going through a process, if you will. I don't know if struggle is the right word. but So, you know, we got together on a a bunch of different occasions and talked about where the band was at prior to that, where the band was at. And, like, I mean, to touch on your question is we were all, I mean, every guy in the band at the time, Garrett Inclusive, would say, hey, yeah, we're Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, now, now I, I don't think Garrett would identify himself as a Christian. Ryan's an atheist. You know, Christian and Kaylin and myself, I probably we're probably all on different spectrums, if you will. Yeah. Um, but at the time, you know, we we were we definitely identified that way, and. That was a real topic for us to discuss to, to try to understand. I don't think it was a topic like, "Oh my God, like right. this is you know."
0: I would think maybe at that age that was maybe the that was probably the first time you were dealing with that, right? Some guys, I mean, some. I think everybody had a different
1: level of dealing with it. Right. You know, I remember talking to my dad about it, and he's like, "Hey, well, I mean, whatever. Like, Garrett's an awesome musician. You know, I mean, it was just you can take it to a really deep level as a band and what it means and all these different things. But mm-hmm. you know, I think everybody was coming at it from a different perspective but it wasn't like you know foosballs of the devil or something like that like you know like freaking the water boy or something it wasn't
0: it wasn't like that necessarily um was it important to you and important to him i'm just only reason i'm even asking this is just he's back in the band so yeah i feel like something's obviously transpired to where you guys have worked it all out and and that you know yeah. you've changed well i i think he
1: definitely when the band parted he didn't have a positive he didn't walk away feeling positive about the experience. <laughs> I can promise you that. Thanks guys. But, yeah, but I don't think we felt positive either. Right. I, you know, I don't think it's a simple, that's so that's why when that article came out and you, you have guys that were, that's that continue to play in the band and, and their perspective of it was, Hey, that's not an accurate accounting, you know, let's, I mean, that'd be like having, you know, a, a divorced husband, a wife of 10 years and trying to get their story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's going to be a really interesting story. Um, so I, they didn't nobody in the band none of us identified ourselves as whatever type of name you would put on somebody that that would you know that would ostracize somebody for their orientation none of us would ever allow that stigma or that opinion so so that's why the guys were like hey no hold on a second but out of respect and out of fairness to Garrett is his you know i think he struggled he he was not happy mm-hmm. and he didn't like the outcome and he didn't understand our concerns or our positioning as his place in the band in general and it was just a tough is really. it was it was a tough time it was not and it's something that we i think the main thing that happened 12 years later is that we I just know that for Garrett myself, because I had to reach Garrett reached out to me three years ago mm-hmm. and we had a conversation. And I think we both when we finally end up reconnecting three years later, actually, before the band did their thing and we're having coffee and we both looked at each other. And I was like, you know what, if we could go back and do it differently, we, we would, if I could go back and have Garrett stay in acceptance, I, I, I would have, that's the outcome I would have chosen. Yeah. But I can't, you know, so it's, it's not because of any scandalous reason that somebody would want to put on it. Yeah. In, in my opinion,
0: I'm more interested in the conclusion in that, in that I'm a person who likes stories of restoration and forgiveness. Yeah. And you know, yeah. I, li- I like the stories that end not with the, oh, and I never talk to that guy again and he hates my guts. I, I, Enjoy the ending of, and we all got back together and we've, you know, realized the error of our young ways and that kind of
1: thing. And I think, you know, and once again, if we were having a conversation now and it was the whole band together i think garrett would have approached it differently we would have approached it differently it would have been a different outcome and everybody would be fine but you know it didn't happen that way and it's not i don't think it's anybody's fault i wouldn't put i don't put blame definitely don't put blame on garrett i don't put blame on the guys in the band and i and and i won't most of the conversations we've had and like most of the articles we get into you know garrett personally is not really he hasn't really been interested in dwelling on it very much Mm -hmm. because i think you know the only question everybody wants to ask is a very direct question they want a very direct answer Mm -hmm. and i think we all and he's kind of the main person that said that it's like anybody that's really anybody that needs more information outside of hey, we're all together in a band right now. Their, their only goal is to find some fault in us as human beings, of course, from either side, right? You know, whether it be him or us. And if you are somebody that that is that cares about redemption, it cares about if you're somebody that, if, if the whole reason you want to understand this scenario is be- because you're caring about somebody's rights or whatever you might want to say, then the fact that the band's together, that's the story you want to champion. Yeah. You know, we had an article in The Stranger, and I actually thought it was a, a, a good article. And and the fact that acceptance was even in The Stranger, I think is actually a pretty unique scenario to begin with. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the title says Christianist Emo Band and it's got some stuff in there that's it's <laughs> a little, it's trying, this just trying to poke a tiny bit, you know, and that's sure. fine. But the reality is, is like to me, what, you know, what really made me and I'd never have if I had a chance to sit down with the, you know the editor or whoever or whatever and just talk to him. I said like, the only thing I would say is that I picture that magazine as a magazine that that's on the pulse of issues in Seattle. It's on the pulse of the music scene in Seattle, and I really respect that magazine from that standpoint. I always have. Mm-hmm. So to not use this opportunity to really promote um, the good part of the story, the good part of the story it was really interesting <laughs> to me. Like I can't. I can't To me, that article should have been a, you know, hometown band has a triumphant return, sold out show at the Showbox. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the connection, the reconnection of, you know, at this point, guys that are all different. But in theory, you know, you bring in Christians and atheists and gays and they're all coming together. And like, isn't that like a pretty badass story? Like, okay, we write about it. We talk about it. Name another band that's got a Christian, a gay, and an atheist in the band, and they're a functioning band that can that can take a picture at the end of a set with their arms on each other. Like, yeah. I mean, you go find that band for me. So from that standpoint, I felt like it really should have been something that was embraced in within that com- in that world, because I think it would have been a really. And Garrett's got a really strong relationship with that with the community and that scene and that's just a one section of that. And, and we've had a ton of support, Mm -hmm. you know, from 1077, the end from Amazon music, from a lot of local, um, you know, entities, if you will. And, and we've been really grateful for that and thankful, but, um, but anyway, so I was just a little bit from that standpoint, I was like, Oh, that's too bad. I wish, but I actually thought the article in general, it was pretty good. And I was really appreciative that they put a did an article of the band. And for the most part, I was happy with all that, so.
0: Yeah. Well, don't worry. In the end, I'll edit this all out to make you uh, sound as terrible as possible. <laughs> yeah.
1: T- There's just gonna be a part where it's like I hate Garrett. You know.
0: <laughs> Could you say the word "hate" again just by itself, <laughs> just
1: so I can get that? You know. Yeah. It's funny, Garrett and, I, Garrett and I probably have such a, like, I really, when we all got back together, I was like, I told my wife, I'm like, man, I just realized, I just felt like I got five best friends back, and and just him in general, we were, I think him and I were probably the closest mm-hmm. when we were back uh, 15, 12 years ago, and I, only from the standpoint, I'm older than him, and, and I, I think there was a there was that bond of like, I don't want to say that Garrett looked up to me by any means. I'm just saying that there was a bond there that was
0: a brother type relationship.
1: That was a a good brotherhood. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think we both really missed that and we got that and, and it's, and it's really cool right now because we're talking about stuff and it's just some deep stuff and Mm -hmm. on both ends and we're really, you know, challenging each other. And I think we have a really good relationship and I feel I'm sad that I didn't have that for the last, you know, 12 years really. Yeah. For whatever reason you know?
0: Sure. So it's good. That's awesome. Thanks for uh, digging into yeah. that. I, I don't just, know if I
1: got that deep enough for you. I mean, there's, there's a, you could, I could go with a whole show on this subject. Probably.
0: I just wanted to give you the chance to, to state your feeling on that, you know, here.
1: I think for anybody that's listening, the main point that they should take away is that if you're trying to figure out, Hey, do the guys as a band is do the guys in acceptance, support Garrett and his sexual orientation or, you know, him in general, whatever that might be. Yeah. We support him. We support Ryan and the fact that, you know, he's doesn't think there's a God. I mean, (laughs) I think there is a God and he doesn't. Okay. Well, I still, the guy's my, the funniest guy I've ever met and he's the kindest guy I've ever met and I love him and I could care less. And, you know, and I think he feels the same way about me. And so, you know, we took a, we were in New York, we took a picture over at the Trinity broadcasting we're yeah. like it's, we're walking yeah. on the street it's literally true. we're walking on the street and we're like oh my god this is too good and so <laughs> ryan garrett and i take a picture and it's like you know a gay and atheist and a christian walking to a bar nice and like it's a great story so i think for mo- anybody that is really trying to gauge like okay can i support acceptance like yeah absolutely we're I, not only can you support us i promise you we're the only band that's actually living whatever thing you're talking you know you're feeling or whatever
0: no 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 <laughs> No, you're supposed to straighten everybody out, dude. Don't you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, we're doing counseling every...
0: Yeah. <laughs> we haven't gotten to the
1: counseling part. <laughs> you're
0: supposed to... It's your job to straighten everybody out and point out to them how wrong they are about whatever it is they're doing.
1: I'm waiting for some acceptance fan to tell me that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, they're thinking it. That's how I'm That's sure. how it goes. Yeah. It's your job to uh, yeah, set them on the right right road there, whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Right. To fix them. Did you ever think like years ago when you named your band Acceptance that it'd be such a hard thing to live up to?
1: It's, um, I hate the name. I like the name. We we tried to change the name at one point, but you know, it's, um... At this point in time, no. I mean, you know, obviously, we've had a couple funny uh, moments with the name, right? You know, oh, acceptance, uh ha huh, ha. Huh. Uh, but you
0: know, it's. I think I think there's a beautiful poetry to it, considering the storyline.
1: This is the thing that's that's always been important to me about music. Is you know, the only reason I even made music is I really truly believe that that we could change people's lives. Like we truly could, um, and I don't mean it like change their lives, like all of a sudden, you know, they will be millionaires, like change, just like that we could really affect people in different places in life and for the better. So when I look at like what our band represents right now, I'm so proud of it. And I'm so, I'm so bought in to like, to this idea that first and foremost is not only, you know, as I evolved as a musician, you 2 became my band. That became the band that I really, gravitated towards and i like that you know there was a lot of religious you know undertones or overtones or whatever you want to call it and bono went through periods of life where he was you know overtly christian and then he wasn't or he was whatever Mm -hmm. but in general like you know they always had a really powerful message that that disaffected me and as people you know even though bono wears sunglasses inside and you know i always (laughs) ask myself The guy's talking about taking care of people in third world countries and he's got sunglasses on inside. How how do you take this guy seriously, right? But you just did. And you felt like it was a real thing. What band today, like right now, and I'm not trying to like ostracize myself from the music scene, but the reality is, is, I mean, you know what? I live in an apartment in Issaquah and I'm not part of the music scene, although I love the music scene. And I'll be as part, uh, you know, as much as you'll have me, I'll be there. But the reality is nowadays it's really about, it seems to be about,
0: superficiality.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It just seems to be about, let me take a picture of what I'm doing right now and how cool that picture is and how it's going to get more people. And Hey, I've got, if you look at my Instagram, I think I've got one of some of the coolest pictures you'll ever see on my Instagram. Trust me. Now they're not,
0: <laughs> you got a strong you know, in, in, uh, Instagram yeah. game, dude. I sure do, man, <laughs> You're but, <bringing> it.
1: <laughs> cause, and, and, and here's what I know is if I'm going to be a relevant musician, I'm going to have any impact. I have to be available in that format, but I don't have a lot of pictures of me, you know, just in a room doing something, trying to put a picture together. It's mostly concert shots and, and stuff with the band. And it's stuff I would have wanted to see of my favorite band, mm-hmm. cool, like real stuff. I don't necessarily want to see Jason Vayna, you know, with his tall, sugar free hazelnut latte going, oh, <laughs> I got to get my next Starbucks today. You know, it's like, right. I'm probably never going to do that. But, I'm I'm not never. Never is a horrible word. Um yeah, I probably will that. I actually probably will do that, but it just hopefully won't be 3 times.
0: It's, I say never all the time and I never learn my lesson and then my wife always says, "Why don't you say you'll never win the lottery?" Yeah. <laughs> <So she> says,
1: <laughs> but I think it's like one of those things where um there is a place, there is a space for a band like us to exist to, um, impact people from a more on a deeper level, if you will. And, and I think our story, I I, env- I envision being able to have, I mean, how cool would it be to have a, an article or a, a forum where Ryan and Garrett and I can sit in a room and people can ask questions about how do you guys exist? How do you guys, you know, interact with each other? What's that look like? How do you love each other? How do you get along so well? How is it that we go to your concerts And it feels like we're in the, you know, the happiest place on. I mean, you go to acceptance concert right now and I'm not even and I'm not the kind of guy to necessarily pump myself up like in the public.
0: Trying to be like Bono.
1: (laughs) I know, right? Let me get my. Hold on a second. Let me get my glasses really quick. The the coolest thing about acceptance concerts right now is there are smiles ear to ear and every single person like it is the happiest place you'll ever be for an hour. Mm -hmm. And by the way, an hour is the that's a stop. That's, that's a long set,
0: dude.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is a long
1: set. That is every, that's everything mo- there I, is. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. Too, by the way, thirty minutes easily. Don't
0: ask for an encore.
1: This is it. <laughs> it's pretty cool, and so I think that there's a place for that, you know. And, and hopefully, when, it, when whatever we do, whatever we're doing right now, whatever we're trying to accomplish, whatever that is, when it's all done, if it's something where somebody can be like you know what, that changed me, that moved me, that did this for me. Um, I think that'd be pretty cool because I think we can connect with a lot of young people that are in really weird spaces trying to understand mm-hmm. the world and themselves. I and mean, the world's, there's a lot of things kind of com- happening now. Yeah. There's issues, man. There's, I mean, and we're at the forefront of it. I mean, there is an issue with conservative and, and liberal, you know, mindsets and, and and traditions and there's these and there's issues with, you know, some on I mean, the political level that we're not even talking about. We're not even thinking yeah. about. And I'm not I'm not saying that I'm gonna write a song that's like, you know, let's talk about prison reform. You know, and I'm not, I'm not like that's not <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: that's the, the you, hot topic you today. But,
0: the, yeah, yeah. Somebody was at I, the prison today.
1: He was. Yeah um <laughs> this is where we need to have me and ryan on the call at the same time because if i say anything he needs to be able to cunt to have his opinion (laughs) set so i'm gonna just back off but you know it's it's a real thing and and so i think it would be really cool because we have such a unique voice right now so i like that music might be missing that to some level if you will yeah you know we're a type of band being that we're more pop centric that typically could be listened to by more people that you know more of a a broad audience we're mm-hmm. not probably we know we're not just
0: not a lot of breakdowns in there
1: yeah not a lot of breakdowns we're not going to be only for Blenderhead fans D-
0: dude let's just leave me out of this it's <laughs> this about you this this discussion come on man i have to i love that <laughs> stuff um not about me you know
1: so i think like if you look at the fan base of acceptance it's a broad fan base we have crazy a crazy spectrum so speaking to these issues i think is a really important thing and i and that's what i'm trying that's what i think we're trying to accomplish right now mm-hmm. outside of, you know, if we could all buy Porsches, that'd be kind of cool.
0: <laughs> what happened to, uh, somebody told me Nick's not playing now all of a sudden. Well, um, or didn't play on these shows. Yeah, I or... don't. You know, Nick, he didn't play in Seattle. He played out here. He played in New York.
1: Um, yeah, he's got a lot going on. He's got um, a baby on the way. Yeah. And he just moved to LA from Wisconsin, which is a big move for Wow. anybody from Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. And, um, he, you know, he's really, he's doing a great job mixing records and he's a, he's a, a, such a talented guy. He's really trying to make a name for himself in that area. And so I think, um, I don't know, he's not going to be, he's not going to be with us. He's going to be at our shows in LA, but he won't be playing there either. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we'll see how that, I mean, I don't know what that, what the, what that all looks like, but I mean, as far as he's been a big part of our writing process and I'm sure he'll continue and, mm-hmm. um, The band is like a part-time band, if you will. Trying, we're like we're like a part-time band posing as a full-time band, (laughs) and it's actually one of our goals. Like, how can you, how can we do this?
0: It's the new model, dude. That's what everybody's trying to do.
1: Well, it's real. It's something you know. It's we're in a unique scenario where hopefully we can. um, You know, it takes. It's it's a lot of late nights. You know, my wife's in the other room right now with our kid. Yeah, it's a sacrifice. You know, I mean, I'm sure she'd rather not be. (laughs) She'd probably rather. She probably rather tell her I a, said, thank you. No, I, I sure will. But, um, and the same with all the guys, they all have, you know, but, but it's fun because we're only doing it because we love doing it. It's not like we're doing it because we think we're going to make a bunch of money because yeah. we're not, I don't, I haven't, I mean, we've played three or four shows and I haven't, I haven't made a dime. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm sure we've made money, but I'm like, I don't know. Just keep the money wherever you guys need to keep it. What if we have to, you know, I mean, let's just, who cares? Like, yeah, it's more about playing these shows and, and, these shows right now that we've already booked are all about giving back to people that have supported the band for so long. That never got it. Most of these people have never even seen us. It's crazy. They've never even seen us. Like, like think about that. Like, yeah. that, that's the part I'm not, I would consider my, like just think about our time. I call it our time. Cause we were in the same kind of world together. Mm-hmm. Think about a band that made basically one full length record.
0: Yep. A couple of EPs,
1: you know, a couple of EPs, but one full length album. Yeah. For most people in the real world, they were exposed to acceptance. Once fandoms dropped right mm-hmm. so you think about a band that had about a six six months shelf life because we broke up about six months after the record yeah that did one headlining tour that averaged probably two or three hundred people a night on a good night
2: mm-hmm.
1: that quit that broke up didn't do anything for ten years and comes back and sells out venues at twice the capacity that they ever did before yeah it, I don't know of a story like that like I don't either I'm not even like saying it from a standpoint of oh look how come and look how good, you know, Hey everybody, come see how good looking I am. Like, you know, Ron Burgundy. We're,
0: we're just as surprised as you guys are.
1: <laughs> I am. I am. It's like, right. we were clearly, we were floored and now, but because of that, it's like, we want to just totally connect with all those people. And that's, mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that we're trying to make happen. So, you know, do these shows are about connecting with those people and thanking them for that, for like mm-hmm. all that. And then, you know, we're definitely, we're in the process of making a record. Um, when we're done with this, I will over the FaceTime I will play you a song and you can tell me how much it sucks. So oh, it's nice. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so so we know it will be awesome. <laughs> like Jason, this is the worst song I've ever heard. Um, we'll make a record. I think that's the goal right now. We're really yeah. we're really working hard to try and to try and figure out how to make a record and um,
0: on Dropbox. That's where you're making your record, A lot of
1: it's on, it is right now. There's about um, there are sixteen songs on Dropbox right now. Nice. On top of the, you know, we've done probably we've probably finished like four songs and there you go. This is what it looks like. That's what Dropbox. Well, you can't see, actually.
0: I can kind of see it. I get it. Yeah.
1: So we'll do that. And that will be kind of a, I, we'll see what happens after that. If people love it, then it's going to be a really great, you know, great thing for us and our fans and, you yeah. know, hang out some more. Nice. So,
0: well, the yeah. other thing, only other thing I really wanted to touch on um, is you're about the, you're in your late, you're like 30 something, right? 36? Yeah. 35. Yeah. So you're around the age that I was when I got married for the second time.
1: I di- I haven't married twice, by the way. That's what, yes. yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what happened there? Um, Cause I haven't well, seen I mean, you. I haven't seen you in a really long time. So for
1: those people who got into acceptance after we broke up and haven't seen me live, I'm just, I'm a very live. attractive man. <laughs> and and <laughs> some people just can't be in a, some people can't be in a room with me. That's the problem. Right. Uh, you know, lining up out there. I'm a, so, you know, this is a very similar, this is an interesting topic. It's a tough topic, you know, cause I'm not going to speak for, I'm a very, uh, listen, I truly believe that life is what you make it. So getting divorced was, was unexpected for me. It was, yeah. I, you know, that from that standpoint, I will say I was, I did not expect it. It was not in the plan. It was not something that I, that I foresaw. It was not something that I was working on not have happening. For For instance, it just was not expected. It was a very unexpected thing for me. And, and I didn't, I'd been with my wife at the time since we were in high school and it'd been about 10 years of just dating and being married for about three, mm-hmm. you know, and and all that. And we kind of grew up in the music scene together, the whole thing, there was a lot of connection from that standpoint. Um, and it was hard. And it was like, yeah, for a while I lived, um, I remember I spent one night, I'd sp- stay at my parents' house, one night I'd stay at, um, so Sean, Sean Macken's my best friend, he plays in Yellow Card, he's a violinist. Mm -hmm. And he he was at the time was living in Seattle. They were on a hiatus and he was actually working with me. So I stayed with, I'd stay with him one night, my parents one night and when another friend, I just rotated for about six months, let's just say.
0: Six months of couch surfing.
1: Maybe three months, maybe three months. That's a long time. Three months probably seems fair of couch surfing. Yeah. And, um, that was a tough time, but the day that I found out that you know, I was not going to be married anymore. Basically, you know, the next day I, I, I was working at the time the next day I went to work and my thing was, you know, Hey, I got to do the best I can today. Mm-hmm. And I got to take, I, I was a manager at my, that where I work and I, and I led people and I, and I believe that I just needed to, to be a leader still. Mm-hmm. And
0: you had the same place? Are you working at the same place now? Same work? place. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, I work for, you work for your dad, the guy, the gentleman who owns, who owns the company was, is my, was my father-in-law. And right. at the time, okay. um, so it's, a, it's such a unique scenario, and so
0: you still work for your your ex father in no, What's now yeah. your ex
1: father in law. It was. It's uh, you call it my ex father in law. But yeah, I still work for him. Yeah. And but I mean, we and we have our relationship is strong. I mean, we have a great relationship, and we always did. Um, yeah. So it was for me. It was one of those things where I just. That's how I approach life. It's you know what, I, it sucks. It hurts. Let me have. I mean, I have that. Those emotions are there. I'm not going to just forget those emotions by any means because I think that would be you know, catastrophic at some point. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's also like, what else? I mean, what are my options? Right. It's like, I mean, at the end of the day, I have a choice. I can either sit in my room and watch sports center all night long or I can like, you know, do something with my life. And so that's the, the, that's just the outlook I took. And, um, you know, and I, and, and so I'm sitting there and I'm at my parents' house and this is a great, interesting story. Um, so Sean comes over and says, Hey man, we gotta go do something. You know, we gotta get out. I'm like, I, I'm not quite ready to just get out necessarily. I'm working a lot and I'm not really in the getting out phase of my life quite yet. And so (laughs) (laughs) he says, (laughs) he like, well, we got to go do something. So it's Monday. So we go watch Monday night football Mm -hmm. and we go to a, a pool hall in Bellevue, kind of an upscale kind of bar, if you will, but it's Bellevue. So it's kind of like, you know, Mm -hmm. eh. whatever though, (laughs) we'll go there. So, so we're there and, and, This girl comes up and she's our waitress and she greets us and whatever. I don't know. She, we order drinks, who knows? And she walks away and I looked over at Sean. I said, I'm going to marry that girl. What? Right. First, first sight, she comes up, takes our order. She walks away. I'm going to marry that girl. And Sean goes, whoa, whoa. He's like, let's get through the appetizers first. That's what he says. (laughs) He's like, come on, man. And, um, you know, and then that girl ended up being, you know, she's my wife. Now we've been married for four years. Really, and we've been together for six. And um, it you know it's It's just so crazy. It's like um, she hates, she's not a big well. I say hates is a bad word. She's not <laughs> an accept. She was not an acceptance. Not a fan. fan. <laughs> when I said I'm in a band called Acceptance, she's like, okay, is that what kind of band is that? And I'm like, well, we're a rock band. Okay, are there any beats in that music? And I'm like, I don't know. If beats is the right. There are a lot of beats. There's a drum beat, <laughs> yes. You know, she's more more from the um, she's more from like a like maybe a hip hop kind of yeah. vibe. All right. Although, you know, she just periscoped our last concert, so she's kinda coming around oh. uh, uh, you know, it's like when you come to a show and like you realize we got, you know, some cool music and people like it, all of a sudden you start to like listen to it and you're like, Oh, that's kinda cool.
0: But you won uh, her over. That's good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. My my two and a half year old. Just side note, I'm yeah. just rambling. Sorry. Oh, that's um, okay. My two and a half year old. Him and I are driving in the car today, and it's just him and I. And he goes, he calls me Papa. I don't. We're not French, but he calls me Papa. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. That's the name he calls me. And he says, Papa, take you away. I'm like, what? Take you away? Play it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he wants me to play our song that's on our website right now. It's like, yeah. and and he can sing. He'll sing the song he'll sing along to it it's like really it's crazy he's two and a half nice cool moment but um but yeah so i mean if nothing so I, else
0: I, happens at least you've won over your immediate family so that's yeah good. that's pretty awesome
1: <laughs> yeah so i um so i ended up i looked at sean i said hey, i'm gonna marry that girl and then we end up going back to that place for every monday for the next two months and then i i said hey you want to go to a seahawk game you know it's just a let's go out and do something double date type thing and then from there we just and that's the only girl I dated. Huh. I mean, that's the only girl I even talked to after I got divorced. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's, you know, I like to think of it. I, I'm not, I don't want to put a lot of wear on the tires, if you will. So yeah. I think it's probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, so it's awesome. I'm really, I'm super happy.
0: That's awesome. It turned out good. I definitely relate to what you were saying about the, uh, just sort of pushing forward through stuff. When I got the news that I was no longer going to be married <laughs> under similar yeah. type of scenario, uh, Brandon was on his honeymoon in England Wow! and I, I had to just keep running the company. And when he would call to check in, I had to just act like everything was great.
1: Everything's great. Yeah.
0: Who wants to be the guy that bums out the guy who's on his honeymoon, by the yeah. way, I'm sleeping on my friend Jim's couch right now. Well, yeah. <laughs> You're off traveling around Europe.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, well, you know the feeling, man. It's a tough deal, but it's, you know, there's some, there's actually something in that being able to look back and go, you know what, you can, you can overcome a lot of things. And yeah. then with that, in the environment that we're in, when we're talking about music and how that, how does that translate? Yeah, How can I put that into the world? I've, do, I've been doing that for the last 10 years as, you know, I've pretty much been in a management position for most of my non-musical career. And what I love about it so much is I, I really enjoy, you know, leading people. I I like seeing them grow. I like seeing them, I like challenging them. I like I like all that stuff. And I want to do that musically. You know, I want to do that with people on the music side. Although, if, I, you know, and many people don't knock acceptance. But if they do, they knock the lyrics. <laughs> they do. I'm like, really? Yeah. It's just, I mean, I you know, I go look for, like, things. I, if I'm online searching the band and looking at forums. I'm like... Oh. It's not a prevalent thing. A lot of people, there's not a lot of haters on acceptance, but there are when there are, they're there like, are. yeah, the the lyrics are like, I'm not getting the lyrics and I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm not getting what you're saying right now. I don't maybe <laughs> let me talk to you about what's going on here. It's funny.
0: Yeah, uh, you know. I'm not for everybody. Maybe that could be Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I guess I guess not. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on today, man. Uh, yeah, man, and sharing all that stuff with everybody and and uh I'm i'm happy for you that you know you found new love in your life and, and you got a kid and it's good stuff and
1: uh i'm happy for you too we both found love
0: thanks man yeah yeah, yeah. we both got a second chance and uh, sometimes that's yeah the best thing in the world right thanks again man appreciate it all right man Jason Vena, everybody. Acceptance has a show coming up on Saturday, September twelfth, in Bremerton with MXPX. If you live in the area, you might want to check that out. The music clips on today's show included Acceptance's "Take Cover" from Phantoms and the first new track from the band in over ten years, "Take You Away," which you're hearing here on the outro. As always, the Urban Achiever theme song was written and performed by Ethan Luck and Dan Spencer. You can follow Urban Achiever on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Urban Achiever PC. And you can email me anytime at billy at urbanachievershow.com. This show is 100% listener supported. If you enjoy the program and want to give something back, please go to patreon.com slash Achiever and give a buck a month or whatever you want. You can also purchase show merch at urbanachiever.gobigwin.com. All right, kids, that's it for me this week. Until next time, keep up the good work. I'm proud of you.
1: When we come over to uh, to your neck of the woods, just figure out what song you're gonna play on. Oh, so when you come up on stage, right? Oh, right, 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 right. Sure. Don't sing on it though, if you don't no. mind. But just play, <laughs> no, no. just play the bass.